Tom Brady just got NBA money. Woo! Seriously. How are you feeling? I'm uh, I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> <laughs> From tip-off to buzzer beater. Kickoff to Hail Mary. This is Triple Overtime. Welcome back to Triple Overtime. This is Tony, your host for the week, here with my boys Tiago and Cliff. Yo, yo. It's good to be here. We hope everybody's doing good, staying safe, washing your hands. For those who are in quarantine, our hearts are out there with you. We are 10 days, no sports, 10 days. How are you feeling? Brutal. Brutal. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much more I can take of this. I'm watching highlights. Uh, you know, saw a bowling highlight the other day and I was like, yo, this is, this is awesome. Um, so we need the NBA back like stat. Yeah, no joke. Yeah. We did get a little bit of a pick-me-up this week, uh, if you will, with uh, NFL free agency opening up. So I know we, we're going to talk in depth about it, but I just want to hit you guys with uh, who is your best, who is your favorite move? So mine, in my opinion, like actually I should say my least favorite move of the week is Darius Slay leaving the Lions. Um, you said least, least favorite? favorite? That's that's my least favorite. It's it's it, it's good. Why? Uh, it's good for Darius Slay. I don't have a problem with that. But the Lions uh, have an op- had an opportunity, so it basically just locked him up. They're going to pick Jeff Akuda. Like they have to now, right? Um, but they had an opportunity to have Darius Slay and Jeff Akuda on the same team had they went ahead and paid him. But I understand that this is a, you know, they don't want to pay him. But I mean, seemingly. That wasn't even an option because Darius did not want to be there. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I don't think I mean, it ever was an option. They would love he, that, but yeah, he doesn't. He's not a huge Matt Patricia fan, apparently. But uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise. That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, in my opinion, that was the least favorite. I'm a, I'm a Bucks fan, so we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to overhaul that defense anyway, and I, and I understand, obviously, you know, for the past half decade. Uh, Darius Slay has been arguably the best defensive player um, on a team who um, honestly really uh, needed to help him out, you know, being a shutdown corner uh, for that team. Um, but now I, I feel like it's kind of a fresh air, like a breath of fresh air, at least for, you know, number one, Matt Patricia, who's still adjusting to head coaching, um, you know, plus with all the signings that, that they've done, um, you know, you, you can honestly call them the Detroit Patriots at this point. Um, but with them bringing <laughs> with them bringing in all these um, signings, I feel like it's really Matt Patricia's opportunity to really own the team and say, "Hey, here's how we're going to do things here and and create a culture in, in Detroit that's hopefully a winning culture." Yeah, that's going to be the big part of his that that's the most important part that winning culture. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So, uh, Tiago, what's your favorite? What was your favorite part about this uh, week? Favorite? I I don't know that there was a or or favorite. least or least favorite. Okay. 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 Least favorite. I want to say, you know, and I know we're going to touch base on this um, a little later, but it, it was definitely uh, Derrick Henry, him getting tagged. Um, not a fan of that. Not a fan of that at all. I really, I was really hoping that Derrick Henry would, um, would, would get his money. Cause I mean, it's, it's deserved. It's what he, it's what he deserved. Bringing the, the Titans to an AFC championship. And I understand what Ryan Tannehill did. And I'm not trying to knock him. Um, and, and I'm glad, I'm glad Ryan Tannehill got paid too. 
I, I, I love Ryan Tannehill. I, I've never, I always thought that he didn't get a fair shake in Miami, but a lot of people don't get fair shakes in Miami. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a recurring theme there a little bit. Yeah, you know, but it, like, I just feel like Derrick Henry is so central to what the Titans did to their success. And he continues to be central. The fact that they cut Deion Lewis and that they're willing to just be like, hey, you know, Derrick Henry is the guy and then not pay him. It just, it's it's kind of it's bittersweet, you know, and and you know I, from what I hear and from what I've seen in NFL circles, and you know, like Tyron Matthew came out with a quote saying, you know, oh thank God he comes from a good family, you know, because Derrick Henry's just a good dude, you know, who you know he's that kind of he's that guy who shows up to work and does what he needs to do, and that's what yeah. you want to see in in any organization, but it, it's bittersweet because you see Zeke with his paycheck, you see Todd Gurley who just got cut with his paycheck, it, it's like. It sucks, honestly. Like, I feel for the guy. Yeah, absolutely. Cliff, what about you, man? What are you thinking? Okay, so I can give you my favorite and my least favorite. Um, Well, clearly, well, obviously, I'm an Arizona Cardinal fan, so us fleecing the Texans was obviously the biggest. (laughs) Um, That was just unbelievable. Shout out to Steve Kine for getting back on my good side because I was, I don't know how he did that. Unbelievable. I've been trying to figure it out still days later like how to make it make sense for Houston and it just doesn't there's just nothing that makes sense with that yeah um, so D hop to the air raid is I'm I'm at a loss for words um least favorite move so far is I I'm trying to figure out what the Chargers are doing quarterback wise I mean they've made a lot of good moves around mm-hmm. the team to put you know bring in some new bodies and some new faces but uh I mean and this is no disrespect to Tyrod Taylor because I think he's a he's a he's a solid NFL quarterback like he's okay but them just kind of like, you know, sitting on their, you know, just sitting back and just saying, like, we're going we're gonna to go with Tyrod. It's like, you know, you're not. You're not doing that. Why are you doing <laughs> like, You're not doing that. Because Tyrod's not winning, winning you anything in the AFC right now. That's just not going to happen. So I, I wish they kind of would have made a little splashier move, especially with there being quarterbacks still available. Um, just, to, just to spice it up a little bit. But who's available? Though? Cam is still out there. Jameis isn't, isn't signed. Um, Cam would be nice. Jameis isn't getting a starting job. Uh, I mean, that's the word on the which street. Is crazy. Which is crazy. Which is, which is actually crazy. Jameis should be on a. He should be rostered for sure. And the crazy thing is, like, a lot of, he's he's better than a lot of guys who are going to be playing. But yeah, starting, true. starting, he can start for Jacksonville. Look at okay. Why why was it such a big deal that Tom Brady came to the Bucks? Well, they're hoping, uh, that, they're hoping that because he's because he's won six titles. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, but why? Why was why did he want to come? What drew him here? Uh, Bruce Arians, the system, the system. Uh, who's catching the ball? Yeah, two Pro Bowl wide receivers, two Pro Bowlers, and OJ Howard's decent, and Cameron Brate's decent. That we've seen both of those guys. You know, they have a really high upside. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, what? So what? If, so Jameis has had has been. Handed that team for the last five years, which I get Chris Godwin hasn't been there the whole time. OJ hasn't been there the whole time, but mm-hmm. he did have Deshaun Jackson. He did have right. Vincent Jackson. So yeah. my thing is this, is why all of a sudden, if he goes, let's say he goes to the Bears or he goes to mm-hmm. uh, San Diego or uh, San Diego, ha ha, throwback LA. Got him. Uh, <laughs> like, let's say that happens. Is he still the quarterback that we think he is? Because he doesn't have as many weapons, if any weapons. You oh, see well, what I'm if, saying? He goes, like, if he goes to L.A., if he goes to the Chargers, he should be fine, and he's better you than Keenan Allen. You got Keenan, and you got Mike, and you got Hunter Henry. He should be fine. Mm-hmm. 
No, I agree. I th- I think Jameis needs structure. I don't think he's I don't think he's a bad quarterback, despite what the numbers um say. I just think that obviously Bruce Arians and and that you know they it was just the mistakes. It was too many mistakes. I think Jameis Winston threw more interceptions last season than Tom Brady's thrown in the last six or seven or something like that. It was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it, it it's it's about the the number of mistakes. But I think if you put any quarterback in the right situation. They can flourish. I mean, look at Ryan yeah, Tannehill, right? If exactly. Put, so, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if I agree with that. If I, Tiago, mm-hmm. if I asked you to go throw seven touchdowns and over the course of three games, if you have the right quarterback, you're going to be able to do it. I mean, or the right quarterback, the right coach. Like, if he puts you in a situation to succeed, you should be able to do it. We know Bruce Arians know. is what? Bruce Arians is a quarterback whisperer. And if he right. gets to the point court. where he's like, yo, if we can't win, if we can win with this quarterback, we can win with any quarterback. Like, that means he's basically like broken beyond repair. That's not how I, <laughs> I mean. I wouldn't go that I mean, far. I wouldn't go I that far. I think Jameis, it was a little bit of timing issue with Jameis, whereas if no other quarterback, if the quarterback market wasn't this robust, he would still be a buck. I don't think that he's not fixable. Yeah. I just think that there's so many options that Bruce was like, well, I could do less work here and win more faster. And yeah, so no, I, I mean, think also, I mean, beyond repair, but it's just just bad timing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, on top of even the the free agent and and quarterbacks coming, uh, you know, free like Cam, like they you know they're they're letting gonna let him be traded. Um, but That's we also insane. have a super heavy quarterback draft. Yeah. So it's it's a bad day to be a quarterback if you're not in the upper echelon of quarterbacks right now. I mean, it's insane. Jameis Jameis should have a starting job in this league. I. I you know, despite the mistakes, I, I do think that situation is very important because sometimes, and, and it's not something, I, I think it's something that's not talked about enough, to be honest, but sometimes, whether it be head coaches or GMs, you know, if they come in, especially if they come in, sometimes they come in and they just say, this is not, this is not the guy I want. Like we see it more often in the NBA, right? Well, we see like LeBron or recently Katie and Kyrie coming in saying, yeah, Kenny Atkinson, he's, he's not it. There's nothing wrong with him. He's just not it. Right. Um, and we've we've seen that in the in the NFL sometimes. We we look at um, uh, John Elway with the Broncos. He came and he said, "Yeah, this guy uh, Tim Tebow or whoever else is coming in, not the guy. I, it's it's Manning or nothing. It's Manning or bust." And he wasn't happy with anybody until you know he he got Peyton Manning. I mean, Tim Tebow literally miraculously won. And again, I know I'm comparing it with Tim Tebow, but he miraculously won that playoff game. And he's like, great. Uh, where's Peyton Manning? You know, so I feel like Bruce Arians and, and came that in. decision that decision got him two Super Bowl rings. Exactly. Hey, yeah, yeah, and that's true. You're right. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Now, is it going to work out for Bruce Arians in Tampa? Well, that's hindsight. Hindsight's twenty twenty for us, but for John Elway, that was foresight. He saw that as two rings or more. Yeah. You know, and, maybe and, and John, and I trust too. John Elway. I trust John Elway because again, John Elway is one of the one of the goats, man. One of the best to do it. But well, I'll tell you this about John Elway as you're crowning him right now. Uh, if Drew Locke doesn't, if Drew Locke <laughs> doesn't cut it out, like he is absolutely horrendous at drafting quarterbacks, which is why he wanted Peyton Manning because he cannot That's draft true. quarterbacks. So I think Drew Locke showed some promise in the last five or six games that he played. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but if he ends up not being the guy, like yeah, we have to take his quarterback drafting privileges because he's missed way too many times. It's yeah, getting ridiculous. That's true. That's All right, true. So who do you think is going to flourish the most in their new role? Well, a quick mm. obvious answer is uh, De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be top two in probably every stat receiving wise next season. Wouldn't be surprised with that. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too quick about that. Oh, As would. someone who plays fantasy football, 
targets, man. Targets. So look at look at their entire wide receiver uh, personnel. So you look at DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he's going to get double teamed. There's going to be issues. Um, you know, with defenses are going to know he's there. Yeah, so then but you look at run, Christian Kirk, who's it's, great. It's, um, it's, it's, they they run CD. It's they run four wide. They run four you can't wide. Double us. You can't <laughs> it's gonna double crowded back. It's going to be a crowded wide receiver court. Is all I'm saying. But if so, even if they double him every play, you're still running four wides, which means your nickels are on islands. Like that's that's not, not a good. good. Move. That's, not, that's good. not a good look. Yeah, but if he's if he's if he's doubled, are you going to force the ball to him? No, no. You no. force everybody else until they stop doubling him, or you just run the ball down their throat on a draw draw play, and they that's it. All I'm saying, I'm saying is that sometimes, sometimes the the more the merrier isn't the case. And I look at, and I and the only reason why I say that is I look at the young example. I look at the example of a young quarterback with an electric wide receiver again uh, that we just saw Baker with the Browns. Please don't say Baker Mayfield, Mayfield and OBJ, oh right? <laughs> so I mean, but but look at, it. I'm saying there's I'm saying there are similarities How? that we can what? gather from that um, because okay, is is OBJ less talented? Yeah, okay, like so is he on. is he not as good? You're you're comparing or did his, comparing so why did his production player. drop? But I'm saying why did his production drop? Because their offense was terrible. It, because Freddie Kitchens was their head coach. That's why. Like that has nothing. Odell Odell is still a great receiver. They he's in a bad system. DeAndre okay. Hopkins is going to a better system where he's going to get more targets. If o, if Odell was playing with Kyler in an air raid offense, he would have he would have looked really good last year. But unfortunately. You got Freddie Kitchens calling four verts on third and twenty, and they're sending heat. So, like, bro, like, no, that's a terrible comparison. Well, I understand what you're saying, but uh, I mean, the Cardinals went what three and three and thirteen or something like that. I mean, what, what was that? They went five, ten, and one. Okay, so there, I understand, and obviously, I love Kyler. I think Kyler is much better than Baker Mayfield. I think, um, I think the 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 Cardinals organization as a whole is much better, obviously, than the Cleveland Browns organization. But understand that this is still a team with a young quarterback. This is still a young team who is still trying to uh, define themselves and come out here. I don't think that it's just going to be a cakewalk just because you had DeAndre Hopkins. I think his targets are going to go down. I think I just that's not what I'm saying. But I'm going to be successful. He is, but I'm saying his production is going to go is going to get scaled down. Like I'm not expecting Mm -hmm. the same production he's had in Houston. I don't know what he's talking about. Wild. Yeah. What is he saying? There's only me understand. How many footballs are on the field, guys? Just one, right? Okay, so only one person can get the football at a time. Yeah, I'm the only person on the Texans that would do that was DeAndre Hopkins. Like, there's who else were they throwing it to? Will Fuller? Come on, guys. Like, what are we talking about right now? So now that now there's going to be other guys on the field. Like, if he was putting, if he's a top five receiver when they didn't even have an option of another guy to throw it to, like, imagine if he's the number one and number two is a good or very good receiver in Christian Kirk. And then you also have a future Hall of Famer out there. Like, yeah, they've got you could potentially draft CD. I mean, they, it's going to be crowded. No, if they they can't draft a receiver, they they got a receiver. There's no they, they if they draft a receiver, now they're just. They're I haven't just seen anything they're, different. I they're wasting seen their money. Different on these. I wouldn't drafts. be surprised if they if they did that. I'm just, just saying, offensive strong. line, offensive line, Cardinals. Be smart about it. Spend your money where it needs to go. You have three great wide receivers. Well, as we're on that, as we're on that topic, as we're on that topic. Because now that we've we've established that the Cardinals do run a system where Kingsbury does run some sort of variation of an air raid, which doesn't which involves a lot of quick passes. Side he runs a, he runs a four a four wides. He runs four wides more than anybody. Like I think it's yeah, like sixty percent like or something like that. He runs a lot yeah, of that most of he the, runs sixty percent four wide spread. 
like full mm-hmm. spread offense. Okay, right. so, all right, so here's my thing. I was talking to some people about this too. About oh, okay, that can't, they definitely can't take CD now. They got to go with the center or the tackle. I'm like, yes, in theory, that does sound right. Like we should definitely go ahead, or Arizona should go ahead and just take the offensive lineman to help Kyler. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, well, I can make an argument that you still could take CD because I'm looking at like, well, who do we compare Kyler to, or who is his comp at, as a five ten? A quarterback who yeah, can, he's Russell Wilson. He's Russell and Russell Wilson has had a good O line in what year exactly? Like none. Yeah, of I them. I agree right. with you. However, my thing is like when it, we you all wrap it up. What do you draft for? Do you draft for this year, or do you draft for the future? You draft so, for the future, right? Yeah. So you're drafting for the future. So you put let's say they draft CD. Let's say they draft Jerry Judy. They are going to put him on a rookie contract. That's going to be first off. It's going to be decent just because it's a first round pick. Um, and then, so when do you pay DeAndre Hopkins? When do you, he's gonna get so, extended immediately? More than absolutely, likely. absolutely. And then you're gonna have to pay Christian Kirk, who was your number one wide receiver last year. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you, I think you're putting Christian Kirk on a little pedestal right now. Christian Kirk is is oh he's okay, he's okay. Yeah, he's and, not, and he's, he's not. not you're not. Money. No, you're not paying him crazy money, but you will pay him. He is a number one on every team. Like mm-hmm. the only reason no. he's not a number one on this, no. yes, no, he's there's not. the only reason he's not number one on this number team one is last because year. yeah, he was. Who was number one last year? It was definitely Larry's playing the slot, but Christian was not that good at the number one spot, bro. Well, he, he really was, was injured. He was injured like half the season last year, almost half the season last year. It wasn't that. It really wasn't. The first like three games of the season, he balled. Literally two, three touchdowns a game. Yeah. I had and then all of a sudden, squad. and then he, he was, got injured. He nice. And then he got injured. And then he just never quite got his production back up. And I honestly think that injury just kind of hung with him. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see what he does this year. We'll see. What yeah, he we'll see. But what I'm saying is, is that. He's he's a, he's a starting, if not the guy. He's a starter. So the only reason he's not the guy on this team right now is because DeAndre Hopkins just got there. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to pay both of those guys. Now, yes, D-Hop's going to be elite, like, record-breaking Christian, McCa- or Christian McCaffrey. Christian Kirk isn't going to be that high. But he is going to be high enough to where it's going to make a cap hit. So if you go draft Jerry Judy or a uh, CD... CD. Like you're gonna have to pay him in two, three, five years. Like you have to pay him. Well, I mean, if I'm yeah. if they're gonna be at that level, and it's so like if, if I'm gonna pay yeah, somebody, I'd rather it be I'd rather it be somebody on a different position than the my other two really high paid guys. Exactly. No, I understand that. I understand that. So my my um my perspective on them actually taking CD or Jerry Judy still would have been for Cliff Kingsbury's system because I know you said you asked like what do you draft for? You need to draft for now or for the future. Well, my answer to that would be you draft for scheme fit. And in the air raid, the scheme fit is your outside receivers because you need them to be playmakers. Agreed. But you've already got it. But it's already there. you already got them. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. I, I, but, and I, you can make argument for that. I, you're, you're right in some cases. But do I think that CD is already better than Christian Kirk before even playing an NFL game? I do. I agree with you. However, what, what you have a plethora of riches right now at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Period. But so d- is a third wide receiver more important than a your first guard or your first tackle or your first defensive back or your first linebacker? Because this can be said about any team. Mm-hmm. Like they are deep at wide receiver. They're already deep at wide receiver. So adding another wide receiver and making Christian Kirk your third or your or you know or your second and your new guy your third is that more important to your team and your scheme? Than 
what's what than what was weaker last year. Last year, what was weaker than the wide receivers was their offensive line. Yep. Yeah. So what's I mean, more important I, to you? Like, is it the yeah. third or the first? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I agree. That. I agree. I could just see both yeah. sides of it because I like you yeah. know. Russell Wilson has been one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen, and he's been playing behind Swiss cheese his entire career. Yeah, but that's Russell Wilson, man. I mean, that's a, you know, <laughs> you can't well, compare mean, him well, to Russell not, Wilson. I'm not I'm, saying use that, but I'm saying you know, the, uh, the, like, yet to be the seen. new age quarterback with mobility, these are the things that you will see happening now. For sure. Yeah, but, for sure. That's why. But Kyler like, ain't there I, yet. Oh, I put, oh, no, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm sorry. Um, let me, let me, let me rephrase. I'm not saying he's Russell Wilson now. I'm, I'm only making that comparison because he, he can create in the pocket and run out of it. That's the only thing I'm saying. Yeah. Escape the pocket. I mean, that's all, yeah, that's, that's, that's a ceiling I'm for sure. Yeah, that's now, a ceiling uh, for sure. I mean, of course, I wouldn't put Tom Brady behind that line, but I'm just saying there's. I mean, I know it's kind of what Tampa did, but. <laughs> yeah, facts. All right. So, <laughs> all right. Cliff, you got any other heat for us before before we move on to the next thing? You got any more wild talk? Wild talk? Uh, <laughs> I mean, did I say something that was wild? I mean, I had Tiago tell me that DeAndre Hopkins was going to be worse. I didn't say that. I said his production is going to go is, is going to get lower. That's that all I said. High. His production that's is going to drop. That's that means high. worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. You just oh, that's not true. I didn't say he was trash. I didn't say he was. I, I think D Hop's the the best wide receiver in the league just because Antonio Brown isn't in it, but. It, it, I think it, it's a numbers game. Like that's all I'm saying. It's a numbers game. Like and that's his exactly production is going to get lower. That's, that's I exactly think what we're saying. I think this is going to be well, OBJ 2.0, and it's either going to be extremely successful or it's going to be extreme, extremely unsuccessful. No, like, there's not going to be. He's not going to be. There's not going to be a middle. Like they're either not going to get on the same page or they're mm-hmm. going to absolutely destroy the NFL. Hopkins is a good teammate, though. He he's like a Larry Fitzgerald. Like he he'll be fine in that league or in, on that team, regardless of whether he gets eight targets for you know a, a hundred fifty yards one game or he gets one target for five. Like as long as they're winning, he'll be fine. But yeah, that's the thing. It's like I I just his production will drop off. I'm not saying it's going to be drastic, but it'll you know it's it's not going to be what he was. It's not going to be like what it was in 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 Houston. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Good. I like we'll hold it. you like to it. that. We'll hold you to that. I like it. I like clip that. Yeah. As we as we like to say. <laughs> so now let's talk about the LeBron James of the NFL, Mr. Tom Brady, and what what he what is he doing with free agency right now, Tiago? This is insane because, and um, I think it was I think it was Adam Schefter, Woj, or somebody who who honestly compared it, but we've never really seen anything at least in the NFL, um, as to what Tom Brady has, has done lately. We see it in the NBA, right? So when we scale back and we look at LeBron, um, and not even just his most recent free agency, but I'm talking about like the decision, right? So we got to go back 2010. What he did with the decision and the way that he orchestrated that and the way that it came about, I mean, he had the entire NBA world um, on pause um, yeah, he, he made that it entire summer. Oh yeah, it was it was incredible TV. It was incredible drama, and it set the um, it basically set the stage for the for NBA free agency as we know it now, right? Who's going where? We talk about it all summer, that kind of thing, right? And right. then televises his decision. I mean, it was it was must watch TV. It was incredible. Um, not only that, he had uh, he did visit teams. Some teams visited him. There were uh, different things that were going on with that, and then on top of that. With him signing to Miami, his signing to Miami was contingent on who else was also going to join him. Um, you know, with Chris Bosh and Wade, 
we look at the same thing in Cleveland, right? His signing um, in Cleveland the second time in, 20, in, in 2016 was contingent on who was going to be on the squad. And LeBron pretty much handpicked his teammates. You know, he comes in, there's a bunch of new faces in Cleveland. You got J.R. Smith, Wiggins is out, Kevin Love comes in. Uh, they bring in all these pieces. LeBron leaves in free agency and all those pieces are gone, right? The only the only people left are Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love, right? So we've never seen anything like that in the NFL. You look at Tom Brady, who has the same uh, stature, right? I mean, we could say he's, you know, the LeBron James of the NFL, um, we've never seen somebody come in and say, hey, you know, I'm going to take these meetings. You guys are going to call me. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to sign here if you keep these guys. I'm going to make this move um, as long as we can get this kind of receiver in here. You know, so Tom Brady's coming in. I mean, there were reports that he was saying that um, he was pushing for AB um, and Bruce Arians shut that down, which was I, I thought that was I thought that was interesting. But the fact that he could even have that leverage to begin with. And say, hey, if I sign, I need you guys to take a look at AB. You know, if I sign, I need and and not only that, because if you look at LeBron, when LeBron came in, after he signed, other players were coming in, right? How can I join LeBron? How can I, you know, because I that gives me a championship. Look at Tom Brady, look at all the noise that's happening now. Everybody wants to come to Tampa. They're looking at all these potential free agents coming in just to play with Tom Brady. So I've never seen anything like that in the NFL. What about you guys? No, this is definitely changing everything but i don't think there's another guy who another another player who could generate as much hype so the, mm. the i mean what generated the hype and the nfl true. everything is everything every day that you play is a gift versus the nba every chance that somebody has to watch the players is a gift because you know we talk about it every week the shield right it's 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 the team against the players versus the players make up the team so the fact that Tom Brady, you know, he posted the, you know, I, I appreciate every, you know, his goodbye letter to New England. Like, mm -hmm. what other player has the 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 gumption to do that? Right. To basically be like, I'm not worried about this. I'll be fine. I'm gonna go make bank somewhere else. Because we've seen two players do that, one this season, one last season. Uh one's named Le'Veon Bell and the other one's named uh Melvin Gordon. And both of them took mm -hmm. less money than they were offered by the first team. Yeah, which is crazy. But they don't I mean, have the same... I mean, they're not Tom... That's positional. Yeah. Positional. yeah, yeah. I, they're not Tom Brady. I get that. But what I'm that's saying it. is that... But that's what I'm, that's exactly my point. Who else could do it? Pat Mahomes. Who else? Russell Wilson. Yeah, Pat Russell Mahomes. Wilson. Pat Mahomes. But they'll never hit yeah. the market. They'll but never, but they'll never leave. They'll ne Why would they leave? Well, we don't know that. What, what if they're put in the same situation as Tom Brady? You know, and they come across and they say, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to set up this free agency and you guys, you guys come to me. Right. I mean, Tom Brady just got NBA money. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, the only person that we've seen do it anywhere near this is Peyton Manning when he went to Denver. Yeah, that's but, true. But before that, I mean, everybody at that point was leaving teams to, when they were a little bit too old, when they were a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. like I think of Brett Favre. Like, right. By the time he went to the Vikings, it was over. Like it oh, was yeah. over. Yeah, for sure. Like by his third, fourth retirement. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's exactly yeah. what I mean. Like they don't. People stay on the same. Like I look at Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers did that right now, would he have plenty of people calling him? Sure, absolutely. Would it be the same sure. hype? I don't know if it'd be the same hype. To be honest, 
because well, Tom he's Brady only got is, that one ring. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady is just you know because he's Tom Brady. He's the goat, quote unquote. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. And I mean, I don't that, that's what it Aaron was. Rodgers, you know, yeah, I don't see Aaron Rodgers generating that kind of that kind of hype. And and that's the interesting thing. Tom Brady is the goat. He has that that status that that um, aura around him. And it's like I kind of look at I look at if Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers did it, it would be kind of the same way. It would be like the way Kevin Durant did it. So Kevin Durant was able to approach his free agency the last two times um, the way that he could because of the way LeBron James did it. So the reason why I feel like Tom Brady has revolutionized NFL free agency, I feel like the free agency system may not be the same, especially if he's successful, especially if he brings Tampa uh, to a Super Bowl, you know, like like um, a lot of people are potentially thinking it could change because then Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and those guys who I feel are are sometimes a little bigger than the shield. Right. They can say that they could say, you know what? It's it's my say. Yeah, it's you becoming. Know, a, I, I, they they make it a player's league. That's it. It's this team is nothing without me. You know, I'm mobile. I am in control. And if that happens in the NFL, watch out, Roger. It's going to be tough for that to happen, though. I like I love the sentiment and like yeah, it is super cool that Tom pulled that off. But because the NFL, because it's so there's so many people on the field, and there's always that one person that's a slightly more important to most teams, and that's usually the quarterback. That's the only thing that negates the comparison to basketball because a wide receiver can't do that. An O lineman can't do this. Like it has to be mm-hmm. a quarterback. And there's usually never a quarterback sitting free agency like that. So that's why this season is so crazy. Because how yeah. many like how like, when have we ever seen this many quarterbacks in free agents? Like I've never seen a free agent quarterback until Kirk Cousins. Like like now it's like eleven of them. So it's like Yeah. And that's the they're the only players that hold the power that can walk up to somebody like, I want to play with this guy. If you can't get him, I'm gonna leave. If anyone else does that, all right, the door is open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. But like, if it's if it's like Aaron Rodgers walking out of your facility, I'm like, okay, well, your backup is like eight tiers below what he's giving you. So yeah, it it's it's hard because in basketball, it's not the same. Like, not that they don't they matter less. It's just that there's only five guys on the floor, so you only right, have five yeah. guys that are going to score, or exactly. you know, five guys that do the job. Versus and also that, also that, guys. but any player at any position could be polarizing. You could have a polarizing guard, or you could have a polarizing small forward. Exactly. They could have the same impact on a, on a, uh, on a, on an organization. Yeah. So let's so let's keep this thing rolling with the free agency thing. We touched on it earlier, uh, but it, to me, it just it really puts a bad taste in my mouth with the Ryan Tannehill gets signed to this crazy contract, and Derrick Henry, who you know, rushing leader last year, rushed for over fifteen hundred yards last year, mm-hmm. tagged. Yeah. It's whack. So, what does that say about the NFL right now, guys? Does it say that we're running like don't play don't if you're if you're raising a son and he's playing football, don't let him play running back. Yes, is that what so, it's saying? Yep, it's been That's saying that. Yeah, really, actually, I mean it. It's saying that the NFL they are who we thought they were, um, and it, it just shows like that's that's how much they care. That's how much organizations care. And I understand it's a business at the end of the day, but that that's crazy. You know, it's, it's look at what this man has done for this organization and to not give him the contract that he deserves. And, and I hope this is just, I hope this is maybe just a segue just to say, Hey, give us some time to figure something out. Um, if not, I mean, it's, it's incredibly disrespectful, right? Tyron Matthew said they pay the QB, but the running back who made the, uh, the quarterback's job 75% lighter doesn't get any love. 
I couldn't agree with that more. That's messed up. I mean, I, I, I'll play devil's advocate here. Like I, I you always do. Why? You always do. It's it's tough. It's tough. Like yes, do I want Derek to get paid what he's owed? Yes, but it is a terrible business decision. Like unfortunately, this is the game he decided to play. He's very good at it, but he must have already known that the market for running backs is going to be bad. It's just it's why is it? Hard. Why is it a terrible business decision? Because they have the they have the shortest shelf life. He's yeah. 26 by the time in two years from now, he'll probably, I mean, I hope he's still going, but you know, running backs hit 28, bro. It's, it's, they're done. But that, that what, right what there. What if he's Adrian Peterson? What if he's Frank Gore? Time out, time out. But that right there is the exact reason why it's my problem. Cause let's say he's not Adrian Peterson. He's not Frank Gore. Mm-hmm. So now you're not going to make this guy a contract till he's 27 years old. Yep. Okay. After you've used him. Yeah, and after you've abused him, basically ran him into the ground because that's let's face it, they hand him the ball twenty five to thirty times a game, and now he's not going to be able to go get big money because he's not going to be as dynamic as he once was. Yep. So, yes, I understand that it's a business decision. Yes, you don't want to pay him, but Wait, it's Tony, like, you're right. You're, it, it, you're right. It's wrong. But yeah, this is this like, is pay him now. But it's like pay him now. Sign a four-year contract right now. He's twenty-six. When he's thirty, you let him walk. Yeah, but he's happy. He's gonna run his. He's gonna run his dreads off for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I mean he. I mean, Tiago's talking about what if he's Adrian Peterson at twenty-eight? Like, bro, Todd Gurley's twenty-five. He's 25. Todd Gurley got arthritis in his but knees. Todd, That's a different Todd situation. Gurley, Todd Gurley. Hold on, pause. Tom Gur- Todd Gurley is the opposite end of the spectrum as Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson also got two years off. Yeah, like, he did like tear every every. Yeah, he like tore every bone in his body. Kid. Oh, <laughs> and, and, he, and he beat his kid. <laughs> like, let's not yeah, forget that, that guy. That's let's true. Not forget That's that guy. Like, he got a whole season and a half off for that. So he didn't just beat his kid though. He beat the odds, right? I mean, he came back. <laughs> Whoa. Hold on. But I mean, he the, came back. They're going to throw the little E next to our podcast. This, on this episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm but just saying, did, I'm saying it's, it's how many running backs do we know that rush into their 30s, mid 30s, late 30s, like your Frank Gore? Like, that's such a. That's such an anomaly. Like it, you can't use that. Like especially with the usage that Derrick Henry's getting right now. Like I get that. Like AP got that, but like Derek, uh, Frank Gore never really had that kind of usage. And like he is their offense. I mean, I mean Frank Gore. He like he's had like he's, one season of like really really heavy usage, and then he's yeah. he's he's been used. I'm not saying he hasn't been used. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, that the, to the level of usage that they're using Derrick Henry. For the last no, seasons, yeah, yeah, that's As, true. No, it's I, crazy. I, yeah. So here's the thing: here's what could potentially, you know, save running backs coming up because the way running back running backs, um, their contracts are structured, it's just it's criminal. It really is. Like Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott will play four years of his rookie deal, and they can franchise tag him for another year. You get drafted when you're what twenty two. So right. yeah, by the time yeah, your rookie right deal when your rookie deal's up, you're twenty six. Our franchise tag, you're twenty seven. By the time you're twenty seven, twenty eight, you're already you're declining. So no, I wouldn't pay you that. So the way that the system has already been set up, it's it is rewarding them for cheating them like that way. That's my point. Mm-hmm. That's my point. As a, if I was an owner or a businessman, I wouldn't pay him either. And that's no, and I agree. Unfortunately, it's, I agree. it's sad. It's sad. They should they should eliminate the franchise tag. Oh, so thank you. Somebody tag. said it. Eliminate that was my whole point because it's criminal. <laughs> it's, it's stealing money from them. It really is. 
That was my whole point of bringing up this whole conversation. Delete That's the franchise tag. Get rid of the franchise it. tag. Get rid of it. Like, it's stealing. I appreciate, like, I pre- like, I'm a Bucks fan. We've talked about this. I appreciate it. That, like this year, we were talking about tagging Jameis Winston. And I'm like, okay, he wants like 30 million a year. Like, I'd rather tag him than pay this man a long contract for 30 million a year. Now mm-hmm. we went and got out. Got Tom Brady. He's walking. Perfect. Awesome. Sounds fine to me. But right. the point is, I'm making is it's like. It's nice for a player that you're not quite 100% sold on, but then it's also terrible for the guys that are literally getting you to the playoffs and you just don't want to pay. Real quick, when you're, uh, you can be yeah. franchise tagged two times in a row, correct? Yes. So I can get you basically looking for a max contract at a running back position when you're 27, 28, depending on your birthday. Like, yeah, you're never going to get paid. You're never going to get paid. It's exactly. it, The system is designed for them to not get paid. Mm-hmm. It's and brutal, and, and, the, and the media does that too, right? People, exactly look, what, people look at Le'Veon Bell and, exactly. and gave him yeah. all that crap. He's just trying to get paid. Well, I have that's to exactly say, what we saw. This last season wasn't the greatest showcase outside of Derrick Henry, uh, you know, beasting in the playoffs. I mean, we had two Super Bowl teams with like what undrafted running backs. That wasn't the greatest thing for them either. No, but, like, it wasn't. And then you got Austin Eckler out producing Melvin Gordon, who's a first round pick. So it's like. It's tough, bro. It's it's a tough gig to be a running back. And if you're yeah, a good but I can make that I can make that argument everywhere. You can make that mm-hmm. argument on every in every part of the game. So well, well, there's I, not wide receivers. Like a- Antonio Brown wasn't what a he was like a six round pick. Tom Brady, yeah. six round pick or seventh round pick. Like you know what I mean? Like there's guys that will can outperform guys. But what did what did the Niners have? What who's who's their who's their bell cow running back? I'll wait. Three of them. Exactly. They have three of them. Mm-hmm. So yes, they have three guys who are undrafted or, you know, low low draft pick guys. And that's fine. But that's that's how they run their offense. Tennessee doesn't run their offense that way. Yep. And that's the difference. So yeah, you don't want to pay your guys, go get fifteen of them and just just let it be a carousel back there. That's fine. Shout out but to But if you're gonna have one guy and push it, then uh, you need to pay that man. Shout out to yeah. Zeke. Shout out to Zeke for going to Cabo and pushing the pushing the envelope. He got a he got a big deal. The Cowboys are gonna hate that deal in like fifteen months. They're gonna hate that deal. But oh for sure. But uh, I'm glad he got his money because that's what it's about. At the end of the day, like when you when you are performing at that level, like give me my money. Give me my money. Oh, I'm yeah. signing a contract. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Like I'm not I'm not mad at the Rams for um for you know giving Tigerly that deal. He earned that deal. It's just unfortunate mm-hmm. that he's. You know he's banged up. It, it, it's the it's the product of the position. It's it's really yeah, sad. Sucks. It really is. It really is. All right. So let's talk about some other stuff. Let's move on to our sport that we're missing so terribly right now. There's a couple of things that are used in today's media. A couple of words that I think that are overused and. Uh, have too many meetings, and I just want to throw them at you guys right now, and mm-hmm. we can talk about how they affect the NBA. Okay, so my first word, and I want I'm I'm gonna direct it at each of you. I want you to define what this means. All right. Okay. So Cliff, my word for you right now is narrative. What is narrative? What does narrative mean when describing the NBA? Oh, okay. I think I can get you, I can get you that off the top of the head. Um, so for, to me, narrative, when I, when I, when I use narrative, at least describing NBA, what I am 
trying to insinuate is that the storylines that are created within with well let's say there's 30 teams for each team mm-hmm. there's a different narrative and then for each team the players that are on that team they also each have their own narrative for example um james Harden has a narrative that he doesn't play defense okay well, we can find tape of him actually playing really good defense. Then you have an, you have there's there's narratives all like across the entire league. There'll be like, for example, a lot of people don't like Draymond Green. They hate Draymond Green. So because they hate him, and the media feeds into that, they show all the bad things that he does or things that are like annoy you, tick you off. That feeds into the narrative of us hating Draymond Green. But they use that hate to spin the narrative of him not being a good basketball player, which is false. Same thing with Patrick Beverly. They feel like they, it's the things that this it's the way that the media formulates stories around players. They do it with like every star player has his own story. The same thing with LeBron. Like LeBron is like the king. He's the savior, the wash king. Everywhere he goes, the narrative, they they figure out a way to follow it, to flip it to it, flip it so it's positive. There's never really anything any that's negative. Uh, because unfortunately the only person who speaks negatively about LeBron is Skip Bayless, and Skip Bayless is he is like the IQ of a lawn chair. Kind of pisses me <laughs> off. But like the thing but that's but this is like like the narrative, the narrative of oh Kyrie Irving on the on the Boston Celtics, he was so bad for the Celtics, but they they, they don't mention the fact that in his first season there they were very good. But so to, but the narrative has been set so that you keep hearing it over and over and over again and you start to believe it. You're like, you know what? I don't like that guy. Like it's the storylines that should be created when you watch first take, when you watch first things first, when you watch Colin. It's just like a lot of things that are created. Some of them don't even have any basis, but you just keep hearing it. So you're like, oh yeah, must be, must be true. What about you, Tiago? You define narrative for me. To me, narrative is it's story. It's 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 drama. It's well, what? Well, okay, so NBA games are on ESPN, ABC, and what? What's the what's the network that? is on every Thursday night. TNT. TNT, right? TNT, their logo is like, I don't know, where drama happens or something like that. Um, the NBA is based on drama. And it's funny, the very the very thing that we, the very thing that Cliff was saying that he hates about the NBA is also the very same reason why we love it. It's, 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 it's a catch-22, if I may, because without the drama of the NBA, it's nowhere near as entertaining. Right. So LeBron using the decision, right? That's a big deal. If nobody cares about why LeBron leaves, if his jerseys aren't burned in Cleveland, um, if, if that doesn't happen, then no one's watching the Miami Heat. And then if he's not the savior when he wins in Cleveland and brings that championship in 50 years, then the 3-1 loss to Golden State doesn't matter, right? Or the 3-1 loss with Golden State doesn't matter as much it makes everything matter it adds so much weight to the to the game because if if you don't have drama the game's a game i mean it's just guys hooping with these storylines with this narrative it makes the nba what it is and it's arguably the most successful league in sports think about a league that has no drama a league that we all equally hate baseball Baseball. No drama, bro. <laughs> I couldn't name 10 baseball players right now. Ten Seriously. I really couldn't. Mike Trout could stand in front of me and I'd be like, yo, who was that guy? He's kind of he's kind of jacked. Like, like. <laughs> a baseball team hit a trash can for a season and they're milking that. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and it took him and it took him a whole season to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I I love the fact that Houston, like, they have something to talk about. I'm like, oh wow, I, I care about this. This is kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, it's not cool because they, they cheated, but like, oh, I, I actually <laughs> care about this. Like, wow. Oh, yeah. really 
So, so I asked you guys that, and I'm so glad you guys, okay, listeners, I've known both of these guys, and they've known me, and they've known each other, and we've all been really good friends for about 15 years. And today, we will prove to you how well I know both of these gentlemen, okay? <laughs> because there okay. are two very clear and very cut definitions for the word narrative regarding the NBA. Mm-hmm. One is the use of wrong ideas and giving them the term narrative instead of just calling them wrong ideas. So that would be Cliff's point, saying that somebody is, uh, we hate Draymond. So now everybody hates Draymond. It's, it's a wrong idea, but now it's, well, you know, it's the narrative or, you know, washed king. It's a wrong idea, but now it's a narrative. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then the other term or the other definition for the word narrative is created as a story arc because without, without drama, without something that, you know, without heroes and villains as it, <laughs> as it is, it's right. just some guys shooting a basketball. That's all it is. Pretty much. So, and I mean, how many, it, we can go to the park right now, guys. We can watch some guys play basketball. Is that as interesting? No. No. Unless they get buckets. But I mean, like, why do we not pay that much attention to the G League? Because we don't know the narrative. We don't know the story arc. We don't know the the success and the failure. That's what makes it interesting. So with that being said, the word narrative to me is used right now in a way that is primarily the way Cliff brings it up. So it Mm -hmm. is describing a negative feeling or a wrong. So uh, I looked up some examples. by the way, I'm getting a lot of this from a ESPN article that I read the other day. Interesting. Uh, extremely interesting stuff. Uh, but a lot you of people the, the say leaders that, of driving narrative. Let me stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so before Miami, LeBron was known as not being clutch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dirk Nowitzki is known as a soft basketball player because he was a big that didn't push. Mm-hmm. Okay. They said that Kevin Garnett was was uh, trash in big games. Like, right. there's always these these things that we've always hear. Like, like so. It, like, they they couldn't be more further in the, from the truth. Exactly, and well, because we all live in the future. But at the time in the NBA, everybody thought mm-hmm. those were the facts. Right, and it's just because we live in the future now that we don't we understand that that's not the truth. We know mm-hmm. that LeBron is clutch. We know that Dirk Nowitzki is one of the best big men to ever play. And we know that Kevin Garnett's got hardware. Yeah, so for sure. I just, I, I wanted both of you to describe that term because I really knew that you both were going to be on the other opposite ends of it. <laughs> <laughs> you did it perfectly, man. Yeah, you, you do know as well. <laughs> I, got, I got one more term for you, and this one's going to be a lot more heat because there's not a very clear answer in any way. There okay. is no clear definition. And keep in mind, so Tiago, we're going to start with you this time. And keep in mind, we're talking about in terms of the NBA. Okay? Okay. So the most prestigious award in the NBA for uh, a specific individual regular season is the MVP award. Correct? Correct. What does valuable mean for the MVP award? Oh, boy. To me, valuable means that if that player is not on the team, is not in that organization. It's not that then that they lose. Like literally, without that player's contributions, that organization is not where they are today, or that organization is nowhere near as successful as they are today. To me, that's what valuable means. 
where would the team remove that player from the team and where would they be? Okay. The easy piece. Okay. All right. Concise. Simple. Short. Simple. Cliff, what about you, brother? See, I I have a more of a grandiose outlook when they say valuable. Um, that like I do like Tiago's definition or or how he explained it because in theory that's how it should be. Um, I look at most valuable. Like here's the thing too. Like it's been so watered down and shifted throughout the years that like I almost have a hard time even explaining to myself what they when they when they say valuable what they mean. But from my understanding, what I would think is I would think the most valuable person in the entire league. So not only are they the guy or, you know, they're running their team. They're also mm-hmm. in some sense, either running their conference or running the NBA where they're doing something that is so astronomical that it just must be, it must be pointed out. But mm. you can look at NBA history and see that that's not the case or sometimes it is, but sometimes it isn't. So it's like, right. I, 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 I honestly, this is, that's a very good question because it's been brought up a lot of times. Like what is, what is valuable? Because, I mean, you can go to Kobe when Kobe was averaging 35. Like, well, clearly he's the most valuable mm-hmm. player on the Lakers. But is he the most valuable player in the league at that time? Well, they were a seed and Steve Nash was averaging like 17 and 12 and the Suns were first. So it's like, I can see the argument on both sides. But from my perspective, it's, when they say the MVP of the NBA, I am looking at someone season. who is... Yeah, of, the, the, of the MVP se- of, of the, the NBA, NBA regular season. season. He is the guy who has been running the regular season, not just from dominating against his own mm-hmm. teammates, like right. stats-wise, but I mean, like, against the entire league, he is like, if you plug him anywhere, he is still that guy, if that makes sense. I'm trying to make it make sense. That's interesting. But then LeBron would have to win every year. And then exactly. before that, Kobe would have won every year. And then before that... Jordan should have uh, won more. Shaq would have won a couple of years. Then Jordan. I just, see, I, I agree. That's I agree different. with what you're saying right now. However... I think that it's more than that. So you guys are really focused on a lot of stats, right? Mm-hmm. So like you said, Kobe averaging like 35, 34. Steve Nash wins. We've seen that before, haven't we? How many, I mean, what was it? Three years ago or when, when Russell Westbrook won, you know, because he, he was, he, oh, he averaged a triple double. First one since big O. And guess yeah, what? That's, that's he incredible. Did that, and then he did it again and nobody cared. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's so are we talking statistics or are we not? Because statistically, Russell Westbrook should have won several. Not, you see what I'm saying? Like, uh, well, no, I understand. I have this argument all the time. James Harden should I don't have know. Like I, at least I talk, three MVPs. In my, opinion. I, I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't say all that. I wouldn't say all that. Oh no, I, well, I hold think, on. Oh, I would. Well, well it brings well, up, it brings up something wrong, else. But... <laughs> it brings up, <laughs> it brings up exactly what we're talking about. So it has nothing to do with the quality or quantity of points. It has to do with how you feel about that player and quote unquote their narrative. And why why I bring that up is this. True. Is if you look at a player, so we know that Tiago, you're a huge Braun fan. Who, me? And we, <laughs> and, we, <laughs> and we know Cliff is a huge Harden fan. Okay. Mm-hmm. And both of you appreciate what that player does for their team. But a, on more so than that, you appreciate what that player is doing to change the NBA. Right. So we look at Harden. Harden's doing things that there's only one guy in the league that's even close right now. And I won't even call him close. He just is very emulating that style, and that's Luka. Mm-hmm. Okay? Braun, people are trying to do what Braun does, but they can't. There's only one Braun. 
There's only one Brian, right. man. Exactly. He's ridiculous. So, so the way that they're impacting the culture of the NBA, and then the also the way that they're able to. So, what does James Harden do? James Harden, let's say, you know, last year he, you know, he he's rather unsuccessful late rounds of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just call, let's just call a spade a spade. Right. And, but he keeps coming back. And what does he say every year? I'm going to win it this year. I'm going to win it this year. And you, and, you know, Cliff, you admire that. You're like, one of these years, he's going to be right, though. One of these years, he's going to be right because he's right there. He's right there every year. Yes. And, but and to me, so that's but my, to me, that shouldn't be in consideration for his regular season. Oh, but it is. And it's not, it's unfair because we're imperfect people and we look at the big picture. But the narrative is important and, and it's important because like you just said, like we all three of us just had slightly different interpretations of what MVP means, of what the term value means. So yeah. the narrative is going to be important. Like I love what James Harden does, but there is also this narrative that he is too um he's too concerned with the MVP. He's too concerned with his individual statistics and that's to the narrative. fact that it's a detriment to his team. That is now the numbers, <laughs> the numbers don't, I, I agree. The numbers don't prove that. But when he gets on TV and he gets on these interviews and he's talking to Rachel Nichols, that feeds that narrative. And that's why he's not winning the MVP. Well, I, mean, I agree. So I, yeah, yeah. agree and disagree. Because really he agree made a that. very, he made a very clear point because back, you know, let's wrap, let's, let's rewind three episodes. Giannis mm-hmm. said he didn't pass. And what did he say? Uh, pull up my stats. Pull up my numbers. Who passes right. better or who passes to more assists? Me or Kemba. Right. And so he may, he he debunked that narrative. But yeah, but problem, people don't like that. That's why Kobe didn't win MVPs. You know exactly. what I'm saying? But that's exactly uh, what, that's not, that's that's not exactly. why Kobe didn't win MVPs. Okay, okay, but why did Steph win too? No, don't get me wrong. Steph is a transcendent player and one who you could even say did the same thing. Ch- uh, changed the NBA, changed the league, ran it for that for that yeah. time frame. Which right? is why he won too. But, yeah, but yeah, Steph but is also the Steph. only you he's also the only unanimous MVP ever. And 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 why is that? Look at the way that he handles himself and the way that he there is a narrative that Steph is the most humble Wholesome superstar. Tiago, Tiago, that, 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 that I don't think that is like you think you're putting way too much emphasis on that, bro. Like that, we, that, we are no, playing, we're playing a sport that is full of competitors. The greatest competitor in NBA history is Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, for all intents and purposes, is probably not the nicest person to talk to. Okay, but there, but Twitter wasn't around when Michael Jordan played. When I'm trying to say that, that would be amazing. It would have been amazing. But I, but but it's the same. There's the same narrative. There's the same narrative with Steph where he's like little brother, which I don't think is fair to him because I think he's proven that he could be dominant and he is his own guy. Steph's but, a killer, but that's the it, narrative. Like, yeah, like the baby face, baby face sniper. Yeah. Baby face assassin. Yeah. Why do we have things like that? Like, you don't think, you don't think Steph talks trash on the court. You don't think he's cocky. He absolutely talks trash. Absolutely. Yeah. Like debunks that whole, like, well, like if you ask James Harden, if he thinks he's the best player in the league, like, yeah, he's going to say yes, bro. He plays in the NBA. He's gonna Everybody's going to say yes. It could be Zaza Pachulia. But what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> what leads to those accolades, what leads to Steph winning a unanimous MVP is because everyone believes, man, Steph, that dude, he's a good dude, man. He's a killer. And he never says the wrong thing. I wouldn't say it's because everybody no, believes. No, no, no. I, I, I see where you're going with this, Tiago. And I, I just think you're wording it a little wrong. I think it's because, I think it's because people don't, People like watching him. So that's they the do. difference. So it's like why so Draymond puts up the same numbers as Steph Curry does. 
Would we like to watch that game? Would you, do we want to see him succeed? Yes or no? We wouldn't because of the stuff that he says after. Exactly. So that's my point. But that I, I get that's your point. That's why I'm I'm helping you, bro. I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate so, appreciate. But it's not. It's 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 not necessarily the narrative. It's that people want to watch him, and if people want to watch you, you're going to get votes. Yes. Very. Big. Do you see what I'm saying? Like people yeah, but want want to watch Harden, but people want wanted to watch Kobe, but they did not like him. Right, exactly, but they don't like him. So why would you vote somebody that you didn't like? But that's what I'm saying. You want to watch him. Yeah, but I'm not talking about basketball. I'm talking about period. Like I like no, Steph Curry I has a TV show about putt putt golf. I'll watch that. I'll watch Look, that. Well, I get it, but it's like my thing. It's like it's like that whole heroes and villains things, right? Like someone may not like the Joker. But they're gonna watch him, <laughs> so yeah, that's but, my point. It's, but he, but he's not gonna win popularity contests. He's not gonna win the no, no, because he's the bad guy. That's my point, and that's why James Harden isn't agreed, winning. Agreed, 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 agreed. But I mean, my, and my entire point, you guys said it perfectly. But my entire point to that is that that is incorrect. That's it. That's the only point. Because if we if we that's are, that's not if, a point. That's an opinion. <laughs> well, yeah. Wait. So so if someone is so if someone is dominant, but you don't like them, which would be your opinion. And they are clearly better than the other participants because you don't like them. It's okay for me to vote for the guy who's lesser. No, no it's not okay. I didn't say it was okay. I said it happened. But, but even then, no, lesser but, is but, but what I'm saying because is, how are you evaluating this decision? You know what I'm saying? Like Kevin. Okay, Kevin Durant could do everything on the basketball court, but he is not a leader of men. So he so can't be MVP. He, no, what I'm saying is he won't be successful as someone who's lesser. I don't, even, uh, know I don't, I don't even, even know what that means. I don't even know what that means either. I don't know where you're going. Okay. With. So, okay. What I'm trying to say is that, for example, Kevin Durant lost 3 1, right, to the Golden State Warriors. He cannot get over that hurdle because he can. But, 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 but just give me a second. Give me a second, though. But he, he's the, he, he, could, he was not a leader, right? He wasn't that person who was going to say, look, guys, this is what we need to do, right? He's not, he didn't galvanize the team, which is why it's not that they were less talented. He could not galvanize the team. So okay. that 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 intangible in itself is important because that's why we look at underdogs, right? America loves an underdog story, and why? Yeah, because, because it's someone see, who can take an intangible and win. It's, that's incredible. You, you want to see the underdog story. You want to see somebody go through turmoil and then carry their team out of the other side. That's but it. That, that you're. It, Go turn off Coach Carter in the background and come back and talk to us on this podcast. I can't, man. I got Samuel <laughs> Jackson on speed dial. Let me tell you something. Like, you listen, what I'm saying is, like, we live in the real world. Like, these guys are out there hooping. Thank they you. don't care about Thank the na- narrative. They're out here hooping. Mm, I don't know about that. Well, we spin the narrative. If LeBron goes out there and, you know, after oh, this LeBron whole cares thing. about the narrative. But, uh, yeah, sure. absolutely. Absolutely he does. But after this whole coronavirus thing ends. And they mm-hmm. go in the playoffs, and LeBron's averaging thirty-five in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Is he the MVP just because of what he did to come out of this and "quote unquote" lead his team to victory? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, even though it's a regular season stat, it has nothing to do it has nothing to do with that. But if he's carrying his team through the playoffs, he's going to win MVP over Giannis, just because it, it the 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 face of adversity is against him. Do you see what I'm saying? Like he's a yeah, hero. It, it, it makes him a hero. Story. Correct. Yeah. And everyone so, loves a hero. Yeah. It's just so, the way it works. I mean, it's, it's, I, I get what, I get what you and Cliff are saying in terms of look, you know, cause you're, you're looking at it, uh, at it objectively, which 
if well, he, I'm if just everyone saying, in life I'm saying is if LeBron late. if LeBron comes out and scores 35 points a game, it's not because he cares about winning MVP. It's not because he cares about just winning, winning. Yeah, so he's yeah, gonna go out and he's gonna score thirty five points a game because he wants to win, not because right. he's like this will make me look like a hero. And right, like, right, he's exactly. just a mere dunking, no. just a dunk. No, for sure. But but in the back of his mind, there is legacy. Like just a couple of days ago, he was on an Instagram live and they were talking about Miami, and he was like, he was like, I looked, I went to that huddle in that game six, and I knew that if we didn't win this game, my legacy was gonna take a hit, and Pat Riley was gonna break us up. Like he said that. So I like legacy and narrative. That factors in at least at least to to, to guys like LeBron and, and guys who are chasing that, you know, and, and and that's why you know when I say when I say what I say about Kevin Durant is because he's the kind of person who also cares about that but pretends like he doesn't, and that irritates me because yes, the media does spin narrative. We know you, you love that. We know you, you love LeBron and you hate Kevin Durant. We know that you yeah. love. LeBron. I don't hate Kevin Durant. I love Kevin Durant. I just wish Look. he was more. I wish he was more like LeBron. I wish he would, I got it. I I got wish it. He would step it. up to the plate more because he could be. He could be the face of the league if he wanted to. He doesn't want to. Why would he want exactly. to? Exactly. I know. I know. All I was trying to say, like I like everything Tiago said. It makes sense. Whether I agree with it or not is different. But I understand everything you're saying. But my point being is as much as we talked about Steph and he's a likable person, he's this, that, and the third. He's a phenomenal basketball player. He's amazing on the court. He does things that he's the greatest shooter we've ever seen. My question to you guys is, he was the first person to ever win a unanimous MVP. Why? Why? Because he changed the game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because because the voters, you don't think, bro, Shaq shouldn't have been unanimous? Like, There's so many other players before Steph that should have been unanimous. Oh, I agree with that too. That's yes, I do agree with that. That's that too. what I'm getting at with the other with the other players who were in the running for the MVP awards. That the voters are a little shaky, bro. And the NBA, they know that. They know that mm -hmm. because you really think that Steph Curry should have been the first unanimous NBA player? There's no way. Nah, there's no, no way. He was nice though. No, what he did that season was bonkers. Like 400 threes. Like, but trust me, there's some players before him that have put on. Performances that a clinic well deserving yeah. of being unanimous MVPs. Like it was kind of disrespectful to the guys before him, but I'm happy for him that he got it. But in retrospect, like the more we think about it, like what are the voters doing? That's mm -hmm. all. That's that's what I think. I have more of an issue with the voters more so than the players, because the voters' okay. narrative dictate what they what they do, and that's incorrect. Make it a public I, vote, I, baby. I Make it a public vote. Ah, uh, no, nah, but the, <laughs> no, <laughs> you can't trust the fans either. No, you can't trust us either. All right. Well, then just, just, no, no, no. Go, just the triple overtime podcast. Just the three of us get a vote, and that's it. Like, oh, I'd love that. Absolutely. We, we do it right. Because, <laughs> because every year, Tiago would vote for Braun. Every year, uh, <laughs> Cliff would vote for Harden. And then yep. I would just pick whoever did better that year, and we would just we'd rock with it. We'd rock with it. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now that we are right in the, hopefully the middle pray to God in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic. And we have no sports next time we see some sports. It's probably going to be playoff time in the NBA. Cliff, you got some yeah. ideas for how they can make that even better than it already is. Talk to us. Spencer Dinwiddie has a great idea. I don't know if it'll ever go into play or if, if Adam silver, you know, has the kahunas to take that chance. Excuse me, but, <laughs> but the uh, cojones? <laughs> yeah, whatever. But listen, Silver's Silver's got a pair on him. I mean, he does. If, if anybody's gonna do it, it's gonna be him. And uh, he'll do anything. Yeah, facts. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so 
they have this this idea to to basically turn the NBA playoffs into a tournament style because they can't finish the season. So just make it into a tournament style. But the big the the most important part about this entire scenario, if there's a a, a a March Madness type tournament, which is like a one and done game for the NBA playoffs, the most important part of that is that it drives way more engagement. We would care so much more about every game. It would be more. We we would be caring less about. Oh, like it's only game one out of seven. Like by the time we get to that point in the playoffs, which I think it was, he did it after the round of, I think I think in Cubby it'd be equivalent the to round the round robin. Eight. It was what, yeah. what, what was like the elite eight after the elite eight? Then it would go back to the normal playoffs, which is be like a seven game series, which would be fine. But that round robin in the beginning, which includes every team, like I understand, like the Lakers should probably beat the breaks off of the worst team in the West, but. It means a lot. They have something to play for. So we'll, like it makes every game a, every game every, becomes a must win. It's like we were talking about earlier. What makes what what is the most important thing in the NBA pretty much? Drama. Like how could you generate more drama than like if yo if AD was to miss that corner 3 and they're done. Like it's a wrap. Like that like to me this is the perfect time to at least try it. Like let's experiment with it and see what happens. That'd be dope. Not gonna lie, really I would watch be. a. I would watch a lot of basketball. Like, I would I watch, probably I would like take. Game? No, would I if it wasn't a round robin? Where if they're playing the Celtics and if they won the game, the Celtics would be done. Yeah, I would. Wa- I would watch every second of that. I'd You're saying take, that that probably that would take be like for a, the first round, first couple rounds, first couple rounds would be round robin. And then, so the first round and second round, I don't like, know. It I, would I, it I would try. push out to where it's eight pe- eight teams left. So basically, it would push all the way out to the semifinals, but all thirty teams are in it to begin with. Yeah. So it'd probably oh. be the first like four rounds. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Wow. That's. But then it's like, what's the regular season for? No, 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 no. It still matters. It's seeding. I mean, it's seeding. So at the end too, once we get once they get through the what was that once they complete that round robin. Mm-hmm. Down to X amount of teams left. I forgot how many teams it was in his little diagram he drew up. But then the teams that would be remaining, your regular season record would dictate who has home court, who does what, this, that, and the third. But like that, he also suggested too for that round robin that each game is played on a neutral site. So there's no home game. So if it's the Bulls versus Celtics, say they play it in like, I don't know, Phoenix Washington. or Washington, they play it somewhere that's off site. But once you, once you get through the round robin, now you're back to the basically the normal playoff schedule or the playoff mm-hmm. season home games and who I mean like if it's the Celtics versus the I don't know the Pacers the Celtics I think had a better record so they would have the home advantage but but the Celtics still have to play in the round robin to begin with everyone yes. must play yes every team yes must. Nah, that would not be cool I would not agree with that because then why? it's like why did I work well why did I work so hard in the regular season it's like it's like the NFL it's like imagine if oh I have the number one seed and I don't get my buy so that's you know what I'm saying I so, so I think I, the, I think the top seed should get a buy well, I like I like I like the idea. The idea is fun. Okay. Like the idea is it's fun to talk about because it's like it's dang, I watch that so much. All right. So there's a so I I would appreciate if it was a double elimination, but the way that, that would work is basically you have a winner's bracket and a loser's black bracket. Okay. So every time a team loses, they go into a loser's bracket and they play the highest seeded loser. Or like so, the, so it'd still be seated, but basically, like the best loser versus the worst loser. Okay, 30, 30 rank versus you know five rank or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you lose again, you go home. So that way, if it's if it's like you said, that eighty corner three, like if, if you, you lose two games, 
But the thing is, is that you have to do that whole round robin through all of those teams again. So you're still going just as much as everybody else is going. But when it comes down to it, everybody basically gets a free game to screw up. But after that, you have to be perfect. I mean, why do, we just, like, why do we love March Madness so much? It's like, yeah, okay, you're the top seed, but there's no buy. There's no buy. No, you got to go play the 16 seed. And if you lose, pack your bags. Yeah, no, it's because anything can happen. But I mean, the uh, well, okay, I I like it. It's innovative. The you know the only the only the only two reasons I'd say why I don't like it is is number one, um, it would just be it would it would be screwy. Like it would mess up the stats, um, in terms of like oh well, this is how many playoff points and what is the playoff count, right? This is this yeah, tournament points, that, that, tournament that doesn't, post that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Yeah, well, because what are we doing? <laughs> well, no, no, I'm just saying, no, I get it. But in terms of, you know, uh, I wouldn't like that. And then secondly, that's so many games. And you look at, you know, injuries and things of that nature. Th- these are things that factor in. Um, come it's 15, finals. It's 15 come, games. It's a game less. It would be, it would it's be 15 less. Yeah, it would end up being Oh, inclusive games. of, okay, I thought the tournament was, okay, I, I see what you mean. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it'd be good for the TV networks. I don't think, I don't know that the players would buy into that. It's interesting. It's an interesting concept. Um, I, mean, we'll I don't see. know that they would. Because anybody, anybody could lose at any point in time, which is super interesting. I mean, the Suns can beat the Lakers. It doesn't mean the Suns are better than the Lakers. It just means that they it lost that on day. that given night. It would, that it would matter that day. You know, so, I mean, it's it's interesting. I don't think it would, I don't know. I don't like it, but it's it's interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't also see it like we're talking about this year. Like this would be the test year, but I would say like next year, like so you do the same thing. You have sixteen teams make the playoffs, which is what makes playoffs now. Or even if you want to lower it to where it's twelve teams or fourteen teams, and then you run that same system. Because let's face it, it's then it's then it's just single elimination for round one and two, and then for the semis and the or for the conference finals and the finals, then it's seven games. But for the Laker, if the Lakers don't beat the Nets, guess what? They're out. And how about saving the game series? On another note, like let's say we don't go that drastic. Let's say that Adam maybe tinkers with the um, the entire playoff seating in general. So it's like we just combine both conferences and we take the top sixteen teams instead of doing how we've always done it with the eight and eight. Let's just go top sixteen. Like that. Oh, there's like so many that. things that he could do to tink. I mean, I don't know. If, this is the perfect time now because we've lost. 20 games already or we're, we're about to lose at least 20 games for the rest of the season so this would be the perfect yeah. time to at least I mean if he doesn't implement it like we can at least draw some stuff up that could at least you know raise you know the engagement a little bit like I would want to see cool to see the top 16 team play 16 teams play especially like all these years in the west where guys have been you know the ninth seed in the west is probably be like a five seed in the east and they don't get a chance to, to hoop because they're in a tough they're in a tougher conference it's interesting. I, I that would be cool, and I also think a play in. I, I I think a play in tournament for the final seed perhaps would be kind of cool. So I'd say like if you're the eighth, ninth seed, you know, because I remember it, I don't know if it was like a season ago or two seasons ago or whatever. No, no, it wasn't. It was like it was like three or four seasons ago. It was before the Nuggets were like really good, um, but they were like at the eighth seed between. It was between them and the Timberwolves, and they literally. It, it just worked out in the schedule that they had the final regular season game and whoever won that game yeah. would make the playoffs. Yeah. That, you know, I didn't watch the Nuggets or the Timberwolves all year. I watched that game, you know, so it was super entertaining. You know, there was a lot on the line for that one game. 
So I think that that's cool for like the lower seats. But I feel like if you grind out the NBA season the whole year, you know, and you still have to do this round robin, I could still lose in the first round. That's it's like, then what did I just what did I do all this work for? You know, then my regular season has no incentive. I hear you. I hear you. But I'm sure they can figure out. Well, ways I to mean, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see how the, what happens and if uh, if they do anything about it or if they change anything and what where it goes from here. But let's move on, guys. You guys know what time it is. You said. You said. You said. You said. You said. What? What? Whoa! What? Wow. All right. So we got we got a couple of quotes that we want to. I'm going to throw at you guys. I got three quotes. Not a lot of talk right now in the sports world, other than about like coronavirus. So we're going old school. Okay. Oof. All right. So I'm going to give you guys plenty of hits on this. Some of them. Some of them are from this year, year before. Uh, year some before. Of them, Oof, like we gonna need them. <laughs> last year, 1980s, 2002. <laughs> we're out here. Okay. Oh, it's gonna be bad. Hey, uh, you guys want me to start you with the easy one or a hard one first? Yeah, just start with a hard one. Okay, hard. hard <laughs> All right. All right. So the quote says, "Is this? This is the 1981. I swear to God, I can't. This is the first episode that we're doing completely remote." Each of us are is in our own home, uh, you know, because we want to go ahead and make sure everybody stays safe. So I don't want you guys, I don't want you guys Googling anything and I can't see you to make sure that you don't. (laughs) We're good. Hey, my my hands off the keyboard. No, I'm good. This is the 1981 NFL rookie of the year running back. I want to rush for a thousand or 1500 yards, whichever comes first. Can I get a team? Wait, say that quote again. <laughs> this is why I did this. <laughs> I want to rush for 1,000 or 1,500 yards, whichever comes first. Man, we've got some other stuff to talk about with him first. But um, <laughs> uh, 1981. <laughs> oh, man. 1981. Who was popping back in 1981? Uh, mm. Man. <laughs> this forever ago, man. <laughs> he, played for the New, he played for the New Orleans Saints. I asked if you wanted an easy one or a hard one first. That that doesn't help me at all. The New Orleans Saints. Yep, and he rushed man. that year. He rushed that year for sixteen hundred yards. Is he an NFL Hall of Famer? No. Oh Whoa. man, brutal. Oh, uh, this is super hard. Nineteen eighty-one. I know the Saints. All right, I'll, blow, I'll blow your mind. I'll blow your mind. You ready? He was a Heisman Trophy winner, uh, and he was uh, the first pick overall above Lawrence Taylor. That's a really good hint, and it did absolutely nothing for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Like I feel like that hint was like crucial, and like that just moved nothing. (laughs) Well, let me put it this way: he's not somebody you'll know. (laughs) But that's what I I want to do. I want to make it hard. I want to make it hard. All right. Cliff, you go ahead. I have no idea. I don't even know if I know any <laughs> running backs from the eighties, man. Now, off the oh, yeah, I'm sure you do. Well, I'm I sure do, you do, but I don't like from 1981 specifically. Like, I didn't know this. Like, I didn't know the Saints were around in 1981. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to shoot your shot, or you want me to tell you? Nah, you, I, yeah, I got a fold on this one, bro. I don't know. That is George C. Rogers. George C. Rogers. <laughs> Hey, hey, I literally. To be fair, to be fair, I'm not this much of a historian in the game. 
I just absolutely love that quote. I'm going to rush for 1,000 or 1,500 yards, whichever comes first. And I've heard yeah. that quote before. I couldn't tell you who it was from. I had to literally like, go find it. Like I was like, who said this? A thousand, so, <laughs> whichever comes first. That sounds like a Jameis Winston quote. He said that and they let him rock. Like, yeah. yeah they, he said that on his draft night. Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, my boy was out here cooking. All right. We're gonna we're gonna go a little a little bit more recent. A little bit. We're gonna go all the way back to 2002. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. 18 years. Yep. A quarterback. That's all I'm gonna say. A quarterback. Uh, okay. Was hit with a water bottle from the stands. During a game, okay. okay. Post game interview said that was the hardest hit that he took all day. <laughs> yeah. The exact quote is, "It might have been the hardest hit I took all day." There you go. There's the actual quotations. Starting quarterback. Yep. Starting quarterback in 2002. Yes. Can I get AFC or NFC? Uh, AFC. What year was it that he started? 2002. You say he's in the AFC. AFC in 2002. Hmm. I'm gonna go. Oh, let's go. I'm gonna go. Jake Plummer. Whoa! Kicking it back. Tiago, who you got? Oh man. Uh. <laughs> man, I. AFC hardest hit. I'm man. I feel like that's something oh, like man. maybe like Drew Bledsoe or Kerry Collins might have said something like that. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say. Chad Pennington. I don't know. Ooh, that's a good says one. This, right? That is a good one. That's a good one. You'd both be wrong. He now <laughs> he now just got re-signed as a quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. That's Drew Brees, my guys. Wow. <laughs> Drew Brees ah, used to throw a, shade in his wow. Drew been spitting fire since let's get, let's get back to that, Drew. Let's get back to that. <laughs> Maybe it's just Chargers quarterbacks. Have you seen yeah. Philip Rivers on the field? <laughs> <laughs> All right, last but not least. All right, we're going to go 2019 All-Star Weekend NBA. Okay. okay. Come on, guys. All right, come on. All right, all right. Conditioner and shampoo. I got to make sure it's nice and fluffy. I got a haircut yesterday, so it looks real good. Trey Young. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the irony would just be... <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Fluffy. Got a haircut. Cliff, you got anything? Say that. I need to quote one more time, bro. Conditioner and shampoo, making sure it's nice and fluffy. I got a haircut yesterday, so it looks good. Looks real good. Who has a head and shoulders endorsement? That's a good one, too. Kelly Oubre. Is it recent? Recent? It's 2019. Oh, yeah. It's at All Star Weekend. Kelly Oubre ain't no. (laughs) I wouldn't be there. I mean, he might not be playing, but I'm going to go Kelly Oubre. Final answer. You go Kelly Oubre? I'm not Regis, bro. <laughs> oh man, um, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna say like I don't know. I have no idea. I'm gonna say Kyle Lowry. That is James Harden regarding his beard care. <laughs> ah, okay, okay, good one. Okay, all right. I, you guys know when I do quotes, I come at y'all. Y'all know that. Jeez, man, I had a man. That's crazy. I should have studied before that. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, let's wrap this up. Uh, we appreciate all of our listeners. We know we, everybody's going through a tough time right now. We know the kind of world's kind of in chaos. We feel it. We feel y'all. We know that we you, everything that you guys are going through, uh, you know, we're going through it too in our personal lives. Uh, stay safe. Wash your hands. 
stay six feet away from everybody. Don't kiss your mama. Good night. You know, the whole nine yards, guys. Let's just, let's get through this and let's get back in the normal swing of things. For once, I can honestly say, kind of miss going to work every day. Mm, yeah, I'll never say that. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's a hot take. That's going to be on quotes next week. <laughs> but as always, hit up our socials at 3OT Podcast. Tell us how much you love us or hate us. And uh, stay tuned, guys. We're going to be here for the long haul.